Hey team, welcome to another episode of the Virtus Performance Podcast. What a beautiful sunny day it is here in Melbourne. Suns are out. The suns are out. The sun's out. The birds are singing. All of those kind of things. Today's episode, episode ninety-one. And actually, before I get stuck into today's guest, I would like to thank all of you guys for listening, for getting back on the Virtus Podcast bandwagon. I know we. We're a little MIA for six months or so, but we are back at least till the end of the year. So we'll uh, we'll be throwing some quality guests and hopefully quality conversations your way over the next two three months. So it's very very exciting. Uh, much like today's guest, how's that for a segue? We have Melissa Mazels. Uh, Mel is. I first met Mel when she joined up, inquired about Virtus a little while ago, uh, and she's someone who is a, what you'd call a type A high achiever, she's always the most, uh, what word am I looking for, most jovial uh, person in the room, she she brings big smiles in every time she walks into the gym, and, and she's someone who I love working with, she's a high-level soccer player. Uh, she's played the W League, the Women's Soccer League, for the last five seasons, uh, and now she's back in Melbourne after a, a few stints in state that we spoke about, uh, and she's gotten stuck into running and growing her business and hopefully getting another contract for the W League season that is coming up uh, over the next couple of months. So we had a chat about her journey, uh, why she, why soccer is her thing uh, with both work and, and sport and uh, we had a big chat about the journey along the way and how important process and embracing every moment is and not just worrying about the destination so let me get straight into the podcast uh thank you mel for coming on today i know i've waffled a little bit for the last couple of minutes but this one is definitely worth a listen My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Mel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Locke. How's your day been? It's been good. It's been positive. It's felt uh, like it's heading in the right direction. So Sun's out. Guns out. <laughs> <laughs> and you've trained today already? I have, yes. I've been into Virtus, done my uh, bit of rehab and my um, movement prep and, and everything, so feeling good. It's exciting. I've got a question for you. Go. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Passion. For? Everything. Do elaborate. I will. Wow. Good question. <laughs> Got me. Yeah. Yeah, passion. Um, passion for friendships, relationships. Um, passion in um, my, my sport. Um, 
obviously I play soccer, so... Um, took 90 seconds for you to talk about soccer, good. <laughs> Well, and you're also vegan. Do you want to just like let that out no, now? No, I was gonna hold on to that the whole time. <laughs> Keep um, talking about passion. I mean, yeah, it's it's the way that I I like to think that I can approach my life in every way. Um, I feel like if I'm gonna do something, I want to do it right, and intrinsically, I'm more motivated to to do something properly and and um really invest in it if i've got a passion for whatever i'm i'm pursuing so have you always been a passionate person absolutely when was your what's your earliest memory of being passionate about something loving something absolutely the first time i played soccer yeah yeah uh i was 10 years old when i started playing and i could not get enough i just i had to play i had to play with my friends i had to it was me who asked my dad if I could join the local club at yeah. 10. Um, and, yeah, since I started playing, I um, anyone who knows me knows that since I started playing, I've wanted to play for my country. Um, told my dad one day I'd be a Matilda, and I'm still on that on that journey. So um, the dream kind of lives on. But, That's yeah, awesome. passion for football has definitely always been there and, um, you know, led me to get my first tattoo when I was 18. <laughs> Like, like all, you know, new adults do. I turned 18 and got the word passion. <laughs> did you? Tattooed on me, yes, I did. There you go. So, That's, yeah. That might be the first time that the answer to that question has been a tattoo, so good from you. There you go. You've also got be kind on your, on your hand. I do, yes. Why? Do you need a reminder or? No, I don't. It's, uh, I feel like obviously, you know, diff- people have different perception of ta- perceptions of tattoos Definitely. and I just feel like they're an expression of of each individual and I like awesome. to express myself and um, I just think you need to approach everything in life with a with a, a you know an intention to be kind awesome I love that talk me through and obviously it's, this is a big question but talk me through the journey from a 10 year old who's bugging her dad to play soccer to the person you are now it has been uh yeah, a long and very, very winding journey um, to the 26-year-old that I am currently, but very successful um, in its own respect. I, I mean, you know, I haven't quite reached that pinnacle, that that end goal of, of being a Matilda quite yet, but... Um, yet, important. Yet, very important. But, yeah, I, I've become rather more enlightened lately um, around the fact that it is about the journey and um, really just trying to live live in each moment it sounds cliche but um, you know as cliche as it is it's it's true we we do need to live in the now and, and I've been really enjoying my past probably 12 months where I've um, matured into that mindset and realised that, you know, football isn't always going to be being fit to play every game of every season. Um, you know, you're going to get injured and there's going to be um, bumps in the road. Uh, and obviously my journey hasn't been linear towards uh, my playing goal. I've, I've ended up doing a lot more coaching than I thought I would. And I've ended up developing, you know, my passion for coaching. So, 
Um, that's grown me as a footballer, as a firm, first and foremost, but big time that's grown me as a person. Um, it's one thing to manage your own career and, and coach yourself um, effectively, but it's a whole other ballpark to be managing individuals and kind of um, being the the facilitator in, in their career and their reaching of their goals. Yeah. So that's been a really... It's a bit of a shift. Yeah, really, really big shift. And, um, you know, I've I really enjoyed that. I've, um, you know, battled quite a lot with injury in the past 24 months, which has been completely, obviously, unexpected. No one expects to get injured. Yeah. But um, just forces you to, to deal with things that you otherwise wouldn't have thought about or prepared yourself for. So that shift was kind of forced upon you? Yeah, definitely. I I have always coached. I've coached for 10 years now, but um, I actually, this, it was probably 18 months ago that I uh, returned home from my, uh, what was it, my fourth W League season in Perth and decided uh, to hang up the coaching boots. I was, I was done. I was just going to focus on playing. And it was within a month of declaring <laughs> that to my mum yeah. that I ended up uh, meeting my now business partner and um, investing in a soccer academy. So, uh, yeah. So you went from not wanting to coach to, I'm going to just throw everything at coaching for a bit. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and that was pre-injury, so yep. that was just the right place at the right time, the right person, the right connection. It's funny how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah. You don't, like, you talk like someone that has, hasn't always had this kind of wide-angle view of life and soccer and business and everything else. Have did there was young male kind of tunnel vision into football, football, football? One hundred percent. Talk me through how you or why you differ now. And obviously injuries have played a big part of that and you kind of force into it, but um, what's that transition from tunnel vision to wide angle kind of taught you? I think it's it's really important to um, keep an open mindset and work on being adaptable. Yep. Um, but they kind of need to work in harmony together. Um, you can be open-minded, but uh, not be not have the ability to actually um, change course. Yep. Or um, pursue other areas with, uh, you know, a an actual um, purpose or intention to be effective in those areas. Um, so if you can't actually do it, there's no point really having the um, the intention of doing anything. But then again, you know, you can be as adaptable as you want, but if you're close-minded and got your, your blinders on... Definitely you're not going to be open to new experiences, so you're never going to actually realise your full potential. So I think just having that kind of, um, you know, I won't say perfect, but ideal um, marriage between 
adaptability and open-mindedness um, to really let yourself, you know, become whatever you, your, your kind of, the universe wants you to become, I guess. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm 26. I knew that. I was just checking for the podcast. But how how would seventeen year old Mel go being coached by twenty six year old Mel? Oh, great question! Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while, so it's good. I've still got it a little bit. Wow. Um, yeah, I I think I'd like to think she'd be okay. Um, <laughs> no, I. Honestly, in terms of my coaching, uh, my my coaching style, I just I place just a lot of emphasis on uh, building, establishing and building relationships with my players. That's just so important. Um, I can have all the technical knowledge in the world, which I absolutely do not. <laughs> um, I you were gonna say you did bit oh. of head wobble. <laughs> no, I. I I am scratching the surface. I, I do, you know, I, I back myself and I know I know the game. I've, I've been in amongst the game for 16 years. Yeah. Um, I'm a student of the game. I, I watch football. I live and breathe it. But um, everyone's always learning. And I know that I have just barely scratched the surface in terms of my, my football knowledge. But where I know I've... I've found my niche is, is in the, my ability to engage players um, and really make them feel valued. Um, I, you know, I won't say that I had coaches who made me feel this way, but inadvertently that's, um, what I'm saying. But, you know, the, the worst thing as a player is to have a coach make you feel afraid to make mistakes. Yep. That is the, a surefire way for a player to never reach their potential. Definitely. And that has got to be true across the board, not just sport. That's in fitness, in teaching, in, you know, every, every uh, you know, industry that has, you know, a, t- a teacher and a learner, if your learner feels like they're going to make a mistake, they're not going to try. Yeah. Well, every, every time we make a mistake, we highlight a gap or some, an area where we can learn and grow into, and that is an opportunity in itself. Correct. And if you don't actually fuck up every now and again, mm-hmm. you're never going to break through those those ceilings that you kind of can set for yourself. That's it. And in saying, in, you know, in saying that, the, the absolute best way for anyone to learn is through teaching themselves through making mistakes. Mm. Uh, like... You've, you've never seen a, you know, a principle stick better than if a player tries something in a game and gets skinned, loses the ball, and, <laughs> yep. and they concede a goal. Or, yep. You know, me telling a player ten times to do something versus them uh, making the mistake and feeling it, when, yep. when the learner feels the mistake, yep. that's when the shift the change is made, that's when the opportunity for growth is. And when a mistake happens, if there is something at stake, then there's a whole lot more reason to make sure it doesn't happen again. Absolutely. So then that all contributes to, you know, that learning mechanism. Um, So for me as a coach, I just make really, really pride myself on 
ensuring my players have the confidence to make mistakes. Good. What's you becoming more of a coach done to you as a player? Another good question. Um, Start writing down every time you say good questions. So. It's <laughs> keeping it tight. Thanks for pumping my tyres. Thanks for <laughs> making me feel valued. I'm just going to throw questions out there. I don't care if I make a mistake. Building confidence. Yeah. So, everyone listening, go home and fuck something up. <laughs> You'll learn. <laughs> You'll learn. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, the tactical side of it has helped a lot. Um, it, all, it all feeds itself. Um, the more I play, the better I and see, you know, being a goalkeeper, I see the whole game in front of me. So the more I play, the better tactically aware I am as a coach, vice versa, the more I coach, yep. um, the more tactically aware as, as a player. So that all feeds its, itself. Um, I guess communication as well is, is, is so important um, in the way that I communicate with my players. I like to make sure that everything I say is concise and makes sense. You know, I don't want to be out there just screaming for the sake of it. Um, as a player or a coach, I want to I want to make sure that all my players, um, you know, know exactly what instruction I'm I'm delivering in minimal amount of words, yep. clear and concise, so that they can, you know, focus on on their jobs on the field. So I guess that's helped. I guess if you can say something in 10 words rather than saying it in 30, you're going to get, you know, you minimise the chance for the message to get lost Correct. in the middle. So and it's such an important thing for any coaches or even any athletes out there is to just get the message out or get the message in depending on which side of the coin you're on. And if you're trying to communicate something back the other way, the whole point of communication is to convey a message and hopefully change behaviour for the positive. And if we can do that, then everybody wins. Absolutely. Talk me through your W League career and the, the last four years and moving into state and what that did to – or how that shaped you as a person but also as a player. And, yeah, tell me about the experience. I haven't really spoken to anyone but really close friends about about this portion and, and – of my life and the actual experiences about it. I've spoken in, in interviews and stuff about how it was to move into state and go pursue yeah. my dreams and play W League, but only those who are really close to me have actually heard this side. And if you're honestly, not good friends with Mel, stop listening now. <laughs> honestly, like it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, yeah. would I would I go back and change it? No. Yeah. You never turn down a W League contract, but it's taken pretty much everything out of me. Um, I've loved every season, but I just have really struggled with creating a life, a happy life. Um, I'm a happy person and anyone who asks me knows that, but when you have to move your life into state every six months, five years in a row... Yeah, that's, that's rough. It's just 
exhausting and it it has made it almost impossible to have a relationship. Um, it's made it difficult to maintain friendships. Um, it's made it hard to leave family. Um, and it's been near impossible to create a life outside of football for myself, which is something that, you know, the Professional Footballers Association are working really hard on, supporting everyone in that space yeah. to create a life for themselves now, preparing for life after football. But that has been near impossible. Um, so while I love my friends and obviously, obviously I love my family, you know that those good friends that you have are going to remain. Yeah. They're going to stay regardless of anything. You know your family's always going to be there. The two real parts of my life that have affected me have been lack of career direction, lack of sustained income, and inability to develop any sort of a, you know, romantic relationship with anyone. And yeah. that's just like been really tough. Especially um, through the period of your life that it was being young, early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Mid 20s it's it's kind of the time where those three things tend to start start being created for for most people. So you almost put yourself behind the eight ball because you want to chase that dream. Yeah. But I guess on the other hand to chase that dream and to do those things you want to do, it's a sacrifice that you had to make, but you obviously didn't have a full view of what it was going to be like until you actually lived it, right? Mm-hmm. Must have been a lonely place at times. Super lonely. Yeah, it's super lonely. Um, any professional athlete will tell you that. That It's give you a newfound appreciation for, you know, obviously any soccer fan, football fan, any sports fan will hear about athletes moving all the time. Yeah. And it's not something that you can really comprehend unless you've lived it. Mm-hmm. But does it give you a newfound appreciation for that side of the industry? Yeah, big time. It puts a lot of things in perspective. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a journey. And there's so many people out there who, you know, might be in loving relationships and would kill to be a professional athlete. Um, whereas I'm over here, you know, in in a professional environment, training every day and, yep. you know, flying into state, representing, you know, a professional club, and I'd kill for a relationship. So, you, you know, it's... It's a, it's a nice little, like, perspective play in the fact that everyone always thinks the grass is greener. Like, people look at professional athletes go, they've got it made, right? Yep. But... Everyone goes through shit. Everyone has the things that they don't have that they want and the things they're working towards. But obviously going through that stuff, and you, you mentioned early on about the journey, mm. is it that's been able to kind of mould you to appreciate what you do have. And now being back in your home state, having what I would say from the outside looking in is pretty solid career direction now with mm. coaching and a Probably a newfound appreciation for playing. 
Is that fair? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. How are you going balancing the, all of those different things while still trying to, you know, reach that pinnacle, that goal that you you said to your dad when you were ten? Uh, yeah, it's it's things have become a lot clearer of late. Um, last season, my W League career, uh, my W League, you know, season wasn't as successful as I'd have liked. I got injured three days into preseason and and um, didn't play a game all season. So that was probably my hardest season yet. And when I say hardest, I mean physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, yeah, if I'm going to be candid, I. I was not in a good place. Um, I was isolated, um, away from home, and and yeah, I, I um, you know I did see someone. I was depressed, um, <laughs> which is not something that a lot of people know. So that was really confronting for me because I always like to be everyone's ball of energy and I definitely sense that, yeah. positive positive outlook and um, yeah just to go through that period was um, really confronting and coming home I, I really shifted my value of of stability and, and home and and decided that I was desperate to stay here this season. So awesome. um yeah, I'm I'm hoping that comes to fruition. That still involves me, you know, working hard and, and um you know, pursuing a contract with a with a Melbourne club, but um it's all in front of me and you know if the universe wants me to stay in <laughs> Melbourne and play W League, then yep. that's what the universe will give me. So yeah, it's exciting. It's all ahead of you. Mm-hmm. The first step of that journey is tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you've got a whole heap of cool people in your corner that want to see you succeed. And I guess now that you've got a little bit more balance around the rest of your life, you can put. Not all of your energy, because other, other energy's got to go towards the business stuff as well, but as much of your energy as you want into that stuff, which is exciting. Yeah. And you've got the opportunity now, having gone through all the, the hard stuff, is to just enjoy being a player. Yeah, which I'm craving. I'm craving just being healthy, fit, being on the park, Yeah. training with my mates and working hard, feeling like an athlete again, but then also... At the same time, being able to see my friends daily, (laughs) see my family at least weekly, um, you know, maintain my business, which I absolutely love, um, coaching all my kids. So it'll be the dream. Um, Part of me feels like I deserve a break, but then, you know, the other part of me just knows that what will be will be and and just yeah. let it let it happen. Yeah. From my outside looking in, you've got 
and being able to see approach you as an athlete coach athlete relationship it's been really cool to see that steely resolve that you've got you just you've got that determination that not a lot of people have around chasing a thing and whether you're ticking all of the boxes that you want to tick or not you're going to be able to look part of look back on this transition this part of your life and be like i did a pretty good job so pat on the back for the th- all the things you haven't done yet <laughs> but it's exciting and no doubt like you'll come into into this new team and i guess probably be able to put your arm around some of the some of the girls that aren't from this part of the world definitely and be able to approach it from a whole different perspective than you would have in the, in the past yeah i've been there yeah. i've been there i've you know lived away from home so i know the feeling and I, I know the isolation that that um you know has the potential to ensue so i just need to yeah make sure i i provide that support to them and that, awesome. that friendship and camaraderie yeah tell me about the business my love <laughs> i love uh Tell me about how it started first, first of all. Started with a coffee. Yeah. Uh, all the best coffee. ones do. So started with, yeah. We started with, did you start with a coffee? Yep. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. Started with a game of golf. Ooh. And then coffee followed. So mine started with my mum cycling. Oh, hello. <laughs> with a mate of uh, my business partner, Nathan. Yeah. Uh, chatting to him over... Get coffee. this, a coffee Good. after their cycling uh, session that morning. And, yeah, just just told told her cycling buddy about me being a soccer player. Um, he basically said, I've got a mate, Nathan. He's an incredible coach. He has a business. Does she want a job? Mum came home and she said, Mel, I've teed up. <laughs> you got a job. Awesome. Coaching. And I said, Mum, I don't want a bar. <laughs> don't want a bar of it yeah. don't want a coach this was that phase yeah. and then three weeks later I was broke and I needed to have a bar <laughs> so I gave Nathan a call um, we caught up for a coffee um, and I got to meet his son who's incredible um, he's got cerebral palsy and he's an absolute star one of the most intelligent kids I've ever met awesome. um, and I fell in love with the man He's so incredible and same football philosophy, same life philosophy and it was it was done. So I just yep. started coaching for him. Awesome. And, um, How long ago was this? This was about April, May last year. Yeah. And uh, yeah, spent a month or two coaching for him. Um, had some ideas about, you know, what we could do to, to grow. I... I put those together in a document and presented them to him. I yep. have no business knowledge whatsoever, no business background study, anything. I did year 11 business studies. That's it. <laughs> so I just um, chucked together a little proposal for him and um, he liked it and, and awesome. he let me invest. So cut to today, we're about 18 months in. Um, we've got a couple of other business partners now who all bring something incredible to the table and together we just make a good team and... I get to say that, you know, every, every morning I get to wake up and teach kids how to play soccer. That's awesome. And, and pay rent. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah. If I can pay rent and buy groceries. You're and, sweet. And do it by teaching kids and how to play kick. soccer. And have a kick. Yeah. I like, absolute dream. So. It's awesome. Yeah. That's, is, is, is it surreal to th- 
look back at when things weren't going well and you were having a rough time that this is now your life? Is it be yeah, kind of well, chalk and cheese a little bit? It's funny because last season when I was in that kind of dark little yep. spot, I was, you know, six, seven, eight months into owning the business. Yeah, sit on both. And I was running the business remotely. Um, the guys were obviously doing a lot of the heavy heavy lifting back home yep. um, in terms of coaching and stuff. And we employ coaches, obviously, but um, operations um, and, you know, obviously liaising with, you know, parents and, and organising everything um, was doing remotely from, from Canberra and it was tough. I felt really disconnected and, and the sole source of my my depression was the fact that I was in Canberra and wasn't able to fully execute, um, you know, the operations of my business yet whilst being, you know, whilst being in Canberra, I was injured. So I was in Canberra to play football mm. and not do the business, but I wasn't playing football. <laughs> so why was I there? Yeah. And that's why I, yeah, was in such a shit place. Yeah. Um, because I was effectively not contributing to the world um, for a little period of time, and that's what I couldn't grapple and couldn't really deal with. Mm. Um, I almost felt like I had no purpose. If someone that gets out of bed for passion, mm. that's a, it's not a, not a nice place to be. No. And I think it's... You've obviously been able to come home and you know dive straight into the to the business. How important has that ability to connect with everyone face to face, day to day? Oh, it's been no amount of emails, no phone calls, <laughs> even FaceTime. It doesn't yeah, do it justice. Definitely. Um, you know, couldn't wait to get back, and when I did, I just got so stuck into the business um, and just you know, reconnecting with all the parents and getting down to the, the sessions and coaching the kids and, you know, they all missed me and I missed them and, you know, um, yeah, just that, like, our whole lives are just based on interpersonal connections. Like, they just are. And not having that is just, like, it's depleting. When, when yeah. you can't make a, a proper connection with someone, um it's just almost impossible to develop any type of real relationship, uh, trust, because um, all of that just comes through body language and, and emotion and, and um, you know, the way that the people respond. And I just am very big on, on being able to create proper connections with people. So being able to come home and do that was, was really important to me. That's really cool. Where do you, where do you want to take Absolute Soccer? Like, what's the the big, hairy, audacious goal that you guys have? Is it just to teach soccer to as many people as possible? No, we've got goals. Fill me in. Whoa. Fill me in. Uh, we. Without giving away any big, trade secrets, of course. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not that that anyone wouldn't have thought of it, but you know, my my vision for Absolute Soccer is to have a facility in Mornington unlike any other facility. Um, A hub. A hub for for kids to play soccer all year round 
without any, um, you know, risk of, of, yeah, not being able to play because of pitch or, um, you know, pitch condition or, or anything like that. I want, I want a hub with an all-weather, you know, synthetic facility. Yeah. Just so I can teach kids how to play soccer. That, that, that's that's so what it all comes I back to. It it that it literally is, and and we've been in you know we've been struggling lately to find venues, um, you know, and it it's hard because I understand um, schools and, and clubs want to keep their venues preserved for for their teams, and and I and I totally get that, and I respect it. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not a club. I'm. I'm I am a, an individual soul. You know, like we're an individual provider. We're a third yeah. party provider. So, um, you know, people may look at us and go, oh, you know, maybe they just want to make money or this that, and the other. It's so not that. Yeah. I barely make rent. Like. It's a byproduct. It's it, it. Like I said, the fact that I can pay my rent by teaching kids how to play soccer is all I care about. Yeah. And it's it's just. For me, all I want is is to be able to do that all year round, um, on my own terms, in my own hours, um, just so we can build football in this in this region, because the kids of, you know, I've got I've got high performing kids, who, you know, to have access to a facility four days a week and train four days a week, are driving minimum forty five minutes each way. Yeah. To go and train. Um, and that, that's a ten year that's a ten or eleven year old <laughs> doing that. That's so insane. I just want to be able to um, give the kids of the region um, you know, access to high quality coaching. That's it. That's all I want. So that's that's the big audacious hairy goal and you know, it'll come. It'll come in years, maybe, but it'll come, and it'll come. that's what we're working towards. And having that goal there is is what keeps us, you know, keeps us ticking over and keeps us going, and um, keeps us trying to push the envelope and try to grow and develop, and you know, um, get more people involved. So yeah, it's cool. Hmm. It's something like it's exciting because it's it allows you to like your big hairy audacious goal just comes back to your simple goal of being able to teach people to play soccer. And it's it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that, no. which is cool. You're you're not only involved in absolute, absolute soccer, but also local club. Mm-hmm. Fill Martha. me in. Ooh. Fill fill us in. Great, um, great club, Mount Martha Soccer Club. Uh, I came on board as technical director this year. Um, that was a voluntary role, and I'll probably I, link link your interview. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Pump you up. Yeah, they. They are awesome. Uh, club's five years old, so very young, um, and we've got about just over 400 kids playing soccer, which is incredible, and just this year we've got access to our new facility um, in Mornington, but again, it's grass, so it's brand new, and, and you know there's issues around making sure that we preserve that for the future. If we wear it yeah. out in the first six months, yeah. it's not going to exist in years' time. Yeah. So, um, you know, understandably, we... We can't really jump on there every day. Otherwise, I'd love to. But, yeah, great club. Um, club built around family culture, community culture, inclusivity, and making sure that every player that wants to play can come and play. Perfect. Um, which is effectively 
you know, aligns perfectly with my business. Um, our, our, our kind of catchphrase, if you will, or our whatever our slogan is, is just absolute soccer is named absolute because it's for absolutely every kid. Absolutely every child deserves the opportunity to be coached by the highest quality coaches. Um, so Mount Martha harnessed the exact same philosophy is that absolutely every child... So it made it really child. easy to get involved with it. Easy. It was a no-brainer. It was, it was a coffee, actually. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Is it coffee? Um, it's always coffee. It's always coffee. This coffee's so good. But yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was a yes. It was a go away and think about it, but it was a get in the car and call them straight away. Yes. Yeah. So um, absolute pleasure to be involved and, and hopefully be involved in years to come and really want to want to work on, you know, coach development. I think that's really important. Um getting younger, young kids involved in coaching, getting parents involved in coaching and upskilling people and, and, and getting getting the coaches, um, you know, again, in this region. So I'm not all about teaching the kids how to play soccer. If I can teach coaches how to coach soccer, then... You get to impact so many more people. Oh, the impact grows exponentially. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. All right, one last thing for you. It doesn't have to be a specific age, but if you could impart some wisdom or advice that you've learned across over the journey so far to a younger, a younger you or a younger soccer player or just a younger person, what would it be? I would love to be able to go back and shift my focus to my journey, not my destination. It has just hit me like a ton of bricks in the last probably two months that it's all about journey. Life is all about journey. And if I am so close-minded and just focused solely on where I want to go, I'm never going to be happy. I used to have performance issues with football where I would be playing a game of soccer and I would be thinking about who's on the sideline watching me. Yeah. I would be thinking about what would happen if I did this, what would happen if I made this save, copped this goal, what would they think of me? What happens at the end of this game if I come off with a clean sheet, yeah. having conceded 10 goals? And that is so outcome-driven, that mentality that I used to be in the moment and not be focused at all on what I was doing. I can see the stupidest goals. Yeah. And I feel like that's true to life. Mm. If I'm too worried about what people think of me and what the end goal is going to, or the end kind of um, outcome is going to feel like or be like or look like if I do this, that or the other, then I'm not actually thinking about what I'm currently doing. And it comes back to just living, being as present as possible. And, like, you hear people throw that around like there's no fucking tomorrow these days. They just love it. Um, but, you know, whatever. It, whether or not they actually, you know, live by it is is their prerogative. And But the more people throwing it around, great, the better. Um, 
if it can just evoke something in someone, but you just, like, these past two months I've just become so enlightened to the fact that if I can just do life every day, just wake up and do life and be awesome and yeah. try to be kind and, and live a life where I can serve others and, and, and have positive little impacts on, on people throughout the day and smile when I walk past that weird-looking man in the supermarket, <laughs> you know, like just yeah. little things like that just and just be a good human like every day. And then when I go on the soccer field, I can apply the same the same philosophy of just just making this safe. And if you enjoy Except it, for this shot. if you enjoy it, and and focus on the way you are now. Yep, it's fun. Oh, it's so <laughs> much more fun. Like life, like life, honestly gains just so you just gain so much more clarity, and you just feel like you just realise how awesome yeah. life is, even when shit things are happening. <laughs> Like, when, but when you live like that, when shit things are happening, you kind of understand, okay, this is part of the process. What's this trying to teach me? Yeah. What opportunities is this going to give me? Yeah. And it gives you a whole new perspective of how to actually act and be because where you are and what you're doing is more important than anything else. Nice. And as soon as we start to worry about things that haven't happened yet yeah. or things that That's have already true. happened that we can't change, then um, we just lose ourselves in that in that vortex we go down the rabbit hole and mm-hmm. it doesn't create a better life for us no. and I don't know, the way I look at it everyone's here trying to do their best and if they can and if we can all do our best together while helping other people whilst focusing on what's right here right now yeah. everything's going to be sweet yeah. and it's not it's even even beyond that like I personally feel like it's not even so much about being in a moment you know maybe you're facing adversity and you're feeling like, okay, all right, what's this trying to teach me? I'm, you know, I'm positive. It's it's not enough to just decide that in the moment you're going to take on that that mentality. It has to already exist. Yeah. You have to be living that way. And that only comes through true enlightenment, through, you know, finding yourself and, you know, going and having these conversations with yourself alone in silence, in nature, whatever. Um, but when you when you know you know. When you found that place, you know you found that place, and it's only when you're in that place that, when those times of adversity, you know, um, rear their ugly head, you're ready for them. And there are still going to be moments that are so fucking shit that no amount of positive outlook, no oh, amount of living in the present, no amount of 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 that, um, you know. Um, you know, soul kind of discovery work is going to help you. You're the only thing that can help you in that moment is love, is knowing that you have love to give and knowing that people around you love you and accepting that love because, I mean, some of the most incredibly... Amazing and and um, kind-hearted and spirited and 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 just incredible people in the world still have the most terrible things happen to them, like people passing away in their life, maybe getting cancer. Um, you know, on a not so not as morbid but still confronting scale is. I'm surrounded by athletes. I've got friends who have done 
ACL hmm. ruptures two, three times in a row. These I'm talking about the most dedicated athletes you will ever source yeah. having these things happen to them that just don't seem real. You look up and you just have to look up to the sky. How does this keep happening? Yeah. And you just got to be, why? How? How is this possible? Like, who have I wronged? <laughs> and it's not. And the answer is yeah. no one. Well, that's it. There's but, level of control we have, and that's it. It's and it's and it's it's moments like that that these people, no matter how, how, um, kind of uh, pure their outlook on on life and all of that is. There's nothing that, that can be said and no kind of refocus or reshift that can happen. You just have to be like, nah, that's shit, but I love my family. My family loves me. I love my friends. I have love. There's mm. love there. Yeah. And that will get me through this period and then I can refocus and, and, and find that, that outlook again. And I just feel like that's just so so important and not spoken about no enough. it's 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 not spoken about enough no and uh, that's why I love these this medium of long form communi- communication and conversation because we can talk about it mm. and more hopefully you know at least my mum will listen <laughs> your mum will probably listen she'll probably listen <laughs> but that, that's the thing like as long as people listen this opens up that conversation outside of you yeah. which is a cool place to be Pump up absolute soccer. Pump up absolute soccer. Yeah. How can people get get around it? How can people get involved? Um, we've got our holiday camps coming up in um, September, October. So we just run all day holiday camps. Um, we're running them at Peninsula Grammar in Mount Eliza for kids aged five to sixteen, and we just have an absolute load of fun all day. Um, teaching them, you know, soccer skills in a, in a fun and, and learning environment. And, you know, obviously um, we've got competitions, we've got penalty shootout, crossbar challenge, all of that. So the kids absolutely have a ball um, on holiday camps. And then beyond that, we do weekly skill sessions throughout the week um, after school on a Monday and Thursday. So if they just want one-hour sessions to keep their soccer going in the off-season um, or even beginners, if they want to get involved, like I said, um, absolute soccer is for you know we're for absolutely everyone so you know um, and we're starting up some elite sessions next term as well so we're gonna have some small group training with um, our head coaches um, more of a, an elite environment getting and working on um, more technical aspects in a in a small group so yeah lots of exciting stuff to come and and um, yeah looking forward to having all the kids involved and just continuing to do what I love it's, it's as simple as that. And hopefully we'll see you on the uh, double league, W League circuit next year. That next year? Yeah, next year. year. This year, both. Yeah, bit of a summer thing. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully this year I'll be, uh, you know, be out there. But, you know, if it's not to be, it's not to be. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever happens, happens. But we're in that pursuit. And we're at Virtus every morning trying to get the rig right. Yeah, plug. Yeah. <laughs> So the rig will be elite. The rig will we'll be get there. Elite. Good from um, you. Yeah. Love your work. All good. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Luck. <laughs>